Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Good to be with you this week. If you have been with us over the last two or three weeks, then you know we're exploring this idea of theology for doxology. Sometimes I just like saying that. I feel like it just rings so well. <laughs> so, but no, we have been exploring this concept and this idea. And quite simply, we're talking about worship and, and what we believe about God translating uh, into our worship of Him. And, and, and I will say this. We and I was thinking about this before we came on, and this is why I want to say this. We don't just want this to be an idea. We want it to be something that translates to our hearts so that we might respond in worship. That's it's really what we're wanting to do. You know how Piper talks about the, the goal and the aim of missions is to produce worshipers. Well, at the end of the day, we really hope that we have ignited, if you will, this podcast right now. You leave ignited in your heart by the truth of God's word that you've heard, to worship him. And not just to worship, but to worship as God would have us. Yeah, to. both inwardly and outwardly. Yeah. 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 So, so I just want to say that because it's sometimes we can get really lofty and we're thinking, we're discussing ideas, and it's good. It's what we want to do here on this podcast is we, we talk about transferring our faith to the next generation. You know, it's got to start with us right now, and then we're going to, you know, we want others to, to worship him. But we really just want people to understand that we're hoping that your heart is ignited with stronger fervor and love for Christ so that you might worship him. Anyway, total sidebar, just want to encourage people okay. that that's uh, our goal. So, <laughs> I'm on board but, with that. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the Trinity as it pertains to worship. And we're going to say we should worship Trinitarianly. And I heard. A speaker yeah, of ours at P4C say that a long time ago, and I've used it multiple times. But worship really is a trinitarian issue. Yeah, it is, and we want to we want to um, further this whole concept of uh, am I really worshiping? Right. What well, we've and already been talking about is this yeah. just anything going worship? What what really is worship and what isn't? And uh, um, and and think in terms of what worship is and what it means to live a life of doxology. Well, and today we're talking about how the Godhead fits into the biblical understanding of worship. Right. And um, so if we are to worship Trinitarianly, I guess the question now is how do we worship in such a way? What, what, what should our minds be consumed with and then our hearts respond in worship? Well, I think it's right to s- we see the this Trinitarian um, model, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. You shall baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In corporate worship, we do it. Right. We say and, it. And, of course, baptism is an act of worship. Right. Um, and so, so the – where does – what does Scripture say that – that would spawn such a thought that that worship is a trinitarian issue. Well, I I believe we worship God the Father. We worship through the Son, and we worship enabled by the Spirit. <clears throat> I think okay, we, we're done. I think that's it. We, we can we. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, 
as long as it's clear. Uh, right, that's right. Well, for instance, when so Jesus, we worship the Father. Okay, let's when talk Jesus about that. gave a model for prayer, he said, uh, "Our Father who is in heaven, Heavenly Father, mm. hallowed be your name." Um, he did not, and, and we do pray to the Father through the Son by the Spirit. Yeah, I, I hear people address Jesus in worship. I I don't. You know, anytime – it's interesting you bring that up. Anytime I see somebody do that, it's almost like something just turns inside of me. And I don't mean that in like, oh, my gosh, here he goes. No, that's not what I'm talking <clears throat> about. It's almost like I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What, what just happened? Yeah, and whenever we're told to address the Holy Spirit, we're, we're told to address the Father. Because the Holy Spirit is what's taking our prayers before yeah, the, the Son. We, we, we pray in behalf. the Spirit, by mm-hmm. the Spirit. Um, so, Through the sun. So to begin with, then we 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 want to think in terms of we got uh, them all in there. By the way, well, uh, <laughs> but there is an order in the Godhead, right? There is a a hierarchy, if you want to call it that. Now, immediately thinking, people are going to say, "Well, I thought Jesus is God, the Spirit is God," and they are. But we do see in the in the order of the Godhead, the economy of the Trinity. That's yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah, we see the Son. Voluntarily submitting to the Father, the Spirit in service to the Son. We see this, and so there's a, this there's this order, and uh, um, and so we, we're asking our heavenly Father. That's a that's a broadly, widely, New Testament concept. We we don't see much about Father in the Old Testament, but as Jesus brings the the Old Testament. Scriptures to bear up on New Testament life. Now he speaks. Of course, the the Father is his Father, right. and he is the Son, and he is bringing many sons to glory, and uh, and he. Um, so we we address the Father. We want the Father to so be you're glorified about in prayer. Specifically, I would imagine is what because you you mentioned the Lord's Prayer, right? It's kind the of model the, prayer, the model yeah. prayer. So in prayer. Our focus should be praying to the Father, from which comes all things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I think so. I think we address the Father. We and when we are worshiping, it's not that we're not worshiping Jesus. I mean, yeah, we are. He's second person of the Godhead. He's co-equal, co-eternal, uh, of the same substance as the Father, as the creeds say. But uh, but our our focal point in our worship and in our praying is to the Father. So. What about – and we've talked about – obviously, last week we talked about the difference between corporate worship and maybe more living out your worship before other people and how you live. How, what, how does that translate into theirs? So, so if we're in corporate worship, not just praying, but maybe we're singing praises to him, we're hearing God's word preached, well, then we go and live Monday to Saturday, as we've been saying. Well, where does that fit in? How does the, the Father fit into that aspect of worship? Well, I, just, I think the the father is primary in our focus. That, in, in okay, so that. so so what you're saying is is that as we live the Christian life, God the Father is primary in our thoughts. He's primary in the Godhead. Got it. Um, now, I will say this: when I lay down at night, I often say, "Oh Jesus, help me! Yeah, you know, help me!" But I but I do pray to the Father. I ask the Lord to hear for Jesus' sake. 
I pray by the merits and mercies of Christ, and I'll mention that again in a moment. But sometimes when I get, try to get out of bed in the morning, I tell people my biggest challenge is getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> but I, I will say, Lord, help me, you know. And but when we say, Lord, help me, we we are thinking in terms of the Father. We're thinking right. thinking in terms of the Godhead. But I just just, just saying we know the Trinitarian model in Scripture <laughs> that God the the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Spirit of God is given so that Christ will be with us. Even after he leaves, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. But he's, when he says that, he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So there's this interaction of the Godhead, but our focus is to give praise, honor, glory to God the Father. As the Son would have us do it. I believe the Son even did that, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, if you look at how Christ engaged with the Father, both in prayer and just his recognition of him verbally right. to his disciples, to those around <clears throat> him, uh, to his people who opposed him, it's always about the Father. You know, you think about his parents when they were looking for him and they come and find him and he responds to him and says, I must be about my father's, father's business. business. And he wasn't yeah. talking about his earthly father. Not at all. Yeah. And, and and I'm not sure, it's hard to say whether his parents fully got it, but it's it's really one of those things where Christ emulated for us that I came pattern. here to do what the Father would have me to do. Yeah, no, he, that's, that's how he lived his life. And if we're to be like Christ and if we're to live like Christ – then that's how we worship. And like. he was glorified as the Father's glorified. Well, that's, that's how we worship like Christ. Right. Yeah. Um, so, having said that, then where does Jesus come in? Because we're, we worship God the Father, the Father by the Son. Through the Son. Now, it's interesting that Paul told uh, Timothy, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And we need a mediator, and we need a mediatorial work of Christ. We need for Christ to intercede for us, to be our advocate. When we confess sins, that's part of worship. He's the great <clears> high <throat> priest, as he's been Well, in First John, where it talks about um, the if – we, if we, but when you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So um, – so he's our mediator. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Yes. So and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we see this in this worship. It's not that Christ is left out. It's that there's an order mm. to this worship. Uh, Jesus said in, in John seventeen three that, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent, whom you have sent. You see this order. It's not that we are saying Jesus is less than God. We are addressing the the biblical order of worship. We keep in mind here that we're not just throwing prayers out into the universe and believe God will snatch them out of the air. We are directing prayers directly to our Heavenly Father who loves us, sent the Son for us, and He is this Son is the mediator who intercedes on our behalf. And and uh as in anything when we offer our worship, we do it by the merits of Christ. We don't offer worship because we somehow have some 
ability in ourselves, some right. worth in ourselves. Well, for that's God antithetical to, to the gospel. God doesn't listen to us because yeah. we're worthy. No. Except in Christ. How could he? Yeah. It's Like I said, it's antithetical to the gospel. We would be not gospel-centered, as we talk about here on right. on Crosstalk so much. And if And I think this is important to convey to new believers, to remind ourselves, to remind our children, just getting really practical here, because... You know, we talk about on here transferring all that we hold dear about the gospel to the next generation, whether it be a new believer or our children who we hope will become believers or are believers. This is something we should be talking about. These are conversations we should be having with them. And my son will often ask these questions. He'll be like, who is God? <laughs> and then he, he gets smart because he thinks, and his childlike mind is turning, and he's going, so if if, who, who's the Father and who's Jesus? And he's trying to put all this into his head. Yeah, let's so have are these, we, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But let's have these conversations because if we exalt God in their minds and hearts, in our minds and hearts, then we will worship. You know, when I pray corporately in our morning worship services, I will address the Father, and I will ask the Father. I will thank the Father for Christ and for his work on our behalf, and I will ask the Father for his spirit to move among us, to work among us, to convict, to comfort, mm. to to guide in the preaching, to guide in the listening. I'm asking the Father to that his spirit, who is the third person of the Godhead, would do certain things. I am a, I'm giving worth to each person of the Godhead. Christ is my mediator. Thank you. Hear me, I pray, by the merits and mercies of Christ, because he's all we have to offer. It's what your son Jesus, whom you gave for us. These are the kinds of things we need to think in terms of as we worship both corporately and individually. You know, last week we talked about form and tradition, and we mentioned those things and, and kind of discussed and went back and forth on those. Do you, is it possible, and I'd be curious to hear what you thought. I, I have my own thoughts on this, but is it possible that if we focused more upon this, this concept of God the Father, yeah. His Son and ultimately His Holy Spirit. That new believers who may have a preconceived idea, old believers who have a preconceived idea, yeah. might worship Him more holy. Yeah. I was thinking, as you were saying, I was thinking of a hymn we used to sing, we never sing. And I, when I say never, I mean we never sing this hymn. And it's a shame. It's a great, it's a great call to worship. You mean just across the board, anywhere, we don't sing it. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't hear it anymore. Uh, Come thou almighty king, help us thy name mm. to sing. Help us to praise, Father all glorious, or all victorious. Come and reign over us, ancient of days. Next verse. Come thou incarnate word, gird mm. on thy mighty sword. Revelation. There. Yeah. Our prayer attend. Third verse, come holy comforter, thy sacred witness bear in this glad hour. Uh, <clears throat> that that kind of a call to worship in a hymn, it could be in a, a verse of Scripture or a passage of Scripture, but it gives that Trinitarian aspect to our worship, our corporate worship, which should carry over into oh, our private absolutely. worship. Th- if, we should have high thoughts of God throughout the week, not just on Sunday. I want to encourage people <laughs> to look that hymn up. They can Google it. Yeah, you read Google it. Google anything now, right? Probably find more verses than yeah. we've even quoted. But yeah. it's called Come Thou Almighty King. And and just in your quiet time, think through that song. 
And then, then bring that thought to your corporate worship. Think through it in your quiet time. Think about the Trinitarian <laughs> aspect of this, of this activity of worship. And then come Lord's Day, the night, maybe the night before, you, you look over that before you lay down at night. Go through that exercise. You're worshiping personally. You're preparing yourself to worship corporately. You're worshiping Trinitarianly. Mm. It, it's a... I'm, I don't get goosebumps thinking about it. I haven't done that in a while. I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about worship of the Father through the Son. We've mentioned the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bringing conviction it is interceding on our behalf, and, or I should say more or less bringing it before the throne of grace. But where in particular – let's talk more about this, this, this idea Spirit? of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, I believe the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity – or a person of the Godhead, guides us and enables us in worship. And so here's so this. if we're talking about in both contexts, both in corporate worship or in what I would call public-private worship, you know, yeah. when we're out and about yeah. and we're in our homes. Well, we need to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that we are, we are promised him as a guide, as a comforter, as a, one who convicts. Um, but he enables. It is the Spirit of God that is with us now. Christ in bodily form, in his body, is not with us now. He's at the right hand of the Father, whatever all that means. He's, he's in heaven. He ascended to heaven. The Father is spirit. He is not body. He is enthroned. Uh, think of other hymns as I think about that. Right. But he is enthroned in heaven. The Son is with him. The Spirit of God has been, has been sent. He was sent officially on the day of Pentecost. He is in us. He works through us. He enables us. He guides us. Now, this is nowhere more true than it is in worship. So I'm going to go back to a testimony of something that I said. I don't know if it was last week, week before last, where I talked about coming into church, if you will, and I put quotations around there, coming to corporate worship, right? not feeling like it. Just some days yeah. kind of like, hey, I yeah. wish I could just stay at home. But after I'm there a while, I begin to sing, I begin to be moved, I begin to be convicted, encouraged. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. It is. And here's through the truth of God's word or the song of and truth that's being proclaimed. Yeah, and can I say this about what you just said? It is that you're coming to corporate worship, what we call going to church. A better um, term is I'm I'm gathering. I'm going to the corporate worship service, mm. <clears throat> but that's an act of faith. Why do you do it? Because you believe God, right? You trust Jesus. You believe. So we go back when, to who is God, right? Yeah, that whole concept, when yeah. God says, "Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together," as is the matter of some, but then exhort one another and do this so much the more as you see the day approaching. Our worship, our corporate worship, our act of bringing our individual worship to the corporate worship and worshiping the Father by the Son, enabled and guided by the Spirit, is an act of faith that one day we won't this is this is all gonna happen in a, a perfect setting in right. eternity before the throne. And I think it's similar when you get up on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day yeah. it is. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, there are days you just kinda have to get up and you feel like you need a little bit more faith. I know that's not true. You need as much faith every day as you need the day before. Your faith needs more strength. Yeah. But there's uh, somewhere there's got to be some energy because today is not the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
So I think the Holy Spirit even plays into that. Well, I don't think. I do know he plays yeah, into that. In sure. that He is energizing me. I guess it could be physical energy, but I think more emotional, spiritual energy that now I'm, I'm struggling with today because for whatever reason, it could be a difficult situation going on. It could be I'm tired. It could be, um, I don't know, I just don't want to do it. Well, and here's the thing. Don't, don't you, I know I do, often feel more spiritual on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. With the people Especially God at together. the end of the There is time. a dynamic yeah. to its corporate worship that does not exist alone, even I in private worship. I feel like I did worship. something, right? You know, I did something today, yeah. you know. It, yeah. Well, and but there's a genuine dynamic. Where right. two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Uh, their God is with his people in a special way when they gather in his name. You know, Revelation 1 says that John saw these golden candlesticks before the churches, and he saw in the middle of the golden someone in the middle of the golden candlesticks walking among these candlesticks, these churches. And we must believe that Christ is walking among us, among the churches corporate and the churches individually. And there is a, a dynamic. There is something going on there. Yes, but then I find myself praying and asking God, help me tomorrow right. in the morning. Help me to to bring some of this with me. I'm going to get a little more practical here. I think about being a family that is surrounded by the things of God, a family unit, mm-hmm. father, mother, children. Mm-hmm. To me, this concept flows over into our families if we are God-centered, Christ-centered, right. spirit-driven in our families, then we can know even a, a taste of that corporate worship as a family, right. but also not just because we sit down and maybe have our quiet time individually, or we have those important, or we even have our corporate time together as a family to worship right. or read the Word of God, but we just know the unity that comes from that. Right, because you're all looking to the Father. And how sweet that must be to the Lord, how right. how much of a, a, a savory offering that must be to the Lord when a family is in, in one with God. Yeah, I, and I hope that what we're doing in our discussion here is constructing a, a, a train of thought. Right. That well, is, and, a, and a way of living and uh, thinking and living. That is God-centered. Yeah. A God-centeredness about our life and thinking. Worship, personal worship, informs and affects our corporate worship. Mm. But if we're in a church that is, in some sense, biblical, where the Word of God is being taught and preached faithfully, and the people of God genuinely love Christ, that will inform our private worship. And so you have this link, this mm. this thread, this commonness that the two work together to bring about a life of worship. Our pastor, we had a business meeting a couple weeks ago, and he got up to kind of just give a, his typical, I guess, state of the church address. Mm-hmm. He's always very brief in it, but he does that. He mentioned this concept or this idea that we feel like God works in the families. You know, he, he brought up that whole concept. But then he also brought up how there's people who are in, from broken families and how we want to have our church to be in such a way, our body to be in such a way that no matter what we are we are enabling that we are yeah. pushing that forward we are and that's really what we're talking about we want everything that we do to be so god-centered that if you're from a broken family or a whole family if you will as we tend to think of it god can work and he is glorified and you're, we're all yes. together in this family yeah 
I don't know if you remember back um, in our conversation before you mentioned uh, the family leadership conference we used to do. Right. Um, <coughs> when we first started doing uh, Vision for Living Ministries, and, and that was the thing. We really wanted to be the center. It, as it turned right. out, something else became sort of the, the focus of our efforts. But, we, <coughs> but I, there was a certain um, – message in that that I preached and I it talked about the church and the family working together and I made this comment I don't know if you remember it or not but <clears throat> the home is the laboratory for spiritual growth and sanctification and I think we could say and worship right the church is the seminary for spiritual growth and sanctification the church the home the homes of the church right. led by Someone, hopefully a, a husband and father, but in a single family, it could be a mother or a father, led there weekly, yes, but surely, most certainly, led to look to Jesus, comes together with other families that may be singles, it may be whatever, comes together where the pastor, elders, leadership of the church lead us to look to Jesus and teaches us. How this Christian life is to be lived and worship worship is to be a part of life. We go back out and we do it all. We work again, on it yeah. in the laboratory. Yeah, yeah. and I, so I think what you're talking about there is a distinguishing. You know, we've kind of distinguished between the hierarchy and the, and the Trinity, but there is a difference or a distinguishing between corporate worship and, and public life worship or yeah. private worship. <clears throat> but those two work in harmony with one another. I think so. Yeah, I think yes. They they work so that the 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 worship of the people who got together, corporate worship, gets stronger and more Christ centered, mm-hmm. more God centered, and then in turn, the private and family worship of the of the individuals and families of the church gets stronger and more God centered. So I think we have to ask: Are we worshiping trinitarianly? <laughs> you I, know, yeah, both yeah. in our corporate and our private yeah and we continue settings. to explore what that means as yeah. we grow in Christ yeah. yeah until we see him again and then it'll all be yeah and then we'll clear worship right perfectly yeah praise the lord for that without and, distraction and even so lord jesus come that's right. quickly yeah. <laughs> yeah let's not get too attached let's not to the now let's not well it's been good as always time runs out we hope you've been encouraged by this if there's anything we've said here, and, and every once in a while I like to say this, shoot us an email. Information's on the end of this podcast, and our engineer gives that information. And so just listen to that. Write that down. Shoot us a note. We'd love to engage with you on that. But we do thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to being with you next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Mm-hmm.